This week's podcast is sponsored by Direction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special May 4th episode. Uh, May the 4th be with you uh, for 2023 of Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen, your host, uh, trying to look as much like Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, the old Luke Skywalker, of course, as much as possible. And uh, joining me as always is Arusha Paris. He's a portfolio manager and uh, Padawan over at O'Neill Global Advisors. How are you doing, Arusha? May the 4th be with you, Justin. (laughs) And of course, we have Ed Carson, because who better to celebrate the day with than uh, um, a lover and hater of Star Wars, depending on which trilogy you're talking about. Uh, Ed Carson, of course, is the IBD News Editor. Uh, How you doing, Ed? I'm doing fine. I I can't believe 43 years since the last really good Star Wars movie I get to. (laughs) We're still talking about Star Wars. Here we are. Uh, so yes, controversial as always, you know, starting out right out of the gate. Uh, that's, uh, that's, we're, we're, we're going to try and keep it together on this show because I, I can already see we're losing Arusha. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, this is why he's on. Yes, this is why he's on. So oh, we're going to start gosh. out with a little bit of uh, what's going on in the market. Of course, today was a Fed day, uh, evil empire or not, we'll see. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the lessons we can learn from the Star Wars uh, trilogies for good or for worse uh, and, and using the force. And then Ed is going to wrap it up with a few stocks that are on his radar. So, uh, Ed, I, I guess maybe we start out with kind of a general market overview um, and then we can dive into the Fed. So do you want to start with the Nasdaq? Yeah, the Nasdaq, I mean, if you look at the indexes, the major indexes, they look OK. I mean, sure, they're hitting some resistance at the highs and you'd like to see them punch higher. Uh, but still overall, you know, we're seeing, you know, it's still trending higher, finding support. It dropped a little below the 21 day line today, but that's okay. I, I think the concern is, is that underneath the indexes, there's, you know, it, there's not a lot of breadth. Uh, we've seen that from a lot of different measures, whether you look at equal weight indexes, you look at advanced decline line and, Buying opportunities have been difficult. I mean, to be to be honest, I mean, and here, yeah, it's, here's uh, you know, you punched up, you know, like there was RSP, which is the equal weight. Here's the uh, like you know, advanced decline line or the uh, new highs versus new lows. New lows still way outpacing new highs, and that's a little sort of odd, really, when you think about the market being, you know, close to 2023 highs. You know, you'd almost think you would just have a bias towards the new highs just because of that, but we're not seeing that. So that's shows you how weighted we've been to the mega caps. And it's just, it's just been tricky. And even when there are buying opportunities, it's often when a stock gaps up 20%, then what do you do? I mean, you know, do you buy it or do you let it go? So it's, 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 it's a, it's an uneven market. It's a market rally under pressure. And I think you have to treat it like that. You can't treat it like it's 2020. You can't even really treat it like a normal market rally, steady market rally. It's not January. It's certainly not 2020. Uh, I think investors need to be fairly cautious. So when when you recognize that type of environment, how how do you take that and put that into action? Are you just playing with a lot smaller positions, um, just reducing the amount of exposure and just kind of having maybe 50% exposure to them as the kind of the max versus 100% in a, a great bull market? Yeah, I mean, I've been starting smaller and just never really got after February, you know, I scaled back and really haven't gotten too much. in. I mean, not saying I haven't done this or that, but it's partly because, I mean, some people are really good at getting out, you know, or taking partial profits and getting out. I'm not as good at that. I don't like doing that. I'd like to let things ride for a little while for the midterm. And since that's clearly not the market 
where this is. I mean, yes, there are stocks that have gone up and you could, you could hold them because they've yeah. kept going up. But generally, you have a lot of stocks that either peter out right away or go up for a few weeks and then round trip, you know, like an AMD or, you know, or other things out there. AMD would sort of round trip before today's move. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, there's things like that. So, you know, you, there's, that's not an environment that I really appreciate. Uh, and it's not, a, I mean, and so I've tried to keep my exposures low because it's not really an area where I feel like, I don't really feel like I have an edge right now in this market. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm just trying to, just hover at the edge of it, stay engaged. I know there's a lot of stocks near buy points. Wouldn't take much for this to turn around, but uh, you know, I'm, that's how I'm handling this market. Do you, well, and just very quickly, do you, do you like to hold some of your positions 43 years, kind of like Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out for a better night. No, no, okay, okay. I mean, I've held things. I normally I'm sort of like in the midterm. I like to hold it for several months. Not, not something like holds through years and years. I mean, maybe in 2020, I think I held NVIDIA for like, I don't know, eight months, one point, something like that. Mm. Didn't get all of it, you know, whatever. But it was, you know, obviously it was easy to hold things then. I mean, it's like everything kept going yeah. up. And if, if your stock went down that day, well, another stock went up. So your portfolio was fine, you know, so uh, pretty easy when things are riding the 10 or 21 day lines, the, you know, you know, that's going vertical. Uh, so, yeah, so I think that's, that's sort of my style to do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I can try to bounce in and out, but sometimes I just feel a little bit frantic, you know, I feel like I'm multitasking and I just don't feel comfortable in that environment. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something I should work on, but I also want to know myself. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it certainly seems like, uh, again, the, the tighter your grip, the more the star systems will fall through your fingers, you know, type thing. right. As, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you just mentioned a number of stocks and I mean, like ALGM, you know, um, I mean, it, it, anything that seems like it was doing well, uh, it, it just doesn't seem to last. And so if, if you're, if you're trying to hold on to these things for too long, it's, um, you, you wear out your welcome, it seems like very easily. Uh, and then of course you have the things like SMCI, where if you're, if you're trying to apply any type of risk management rules, um, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're getting out kind of at the lows, unfortunately. And then, you know, you have an earnings report like today and it's up, you know, 28%, but you can't get any cushion going into some of these earnings reports because of the, well, and, and I mean, SMCI, this is, I think, true of a lot of stocks that we're seeing out there. It's almost like the only, uh, their, their moves are happening on earnings and then they don't go anywhere for the rest of the time. The rest of the time is consolidating. Um, and by the time the next earnings report happens, you're actually below where you were at the last earnings report, and then you jump higher. And it's a weird, weird leapfrogging event that's happening yeah, for, in some of these. For this stock that has run up so much, every time it breaks out, it, can, it goes well underneath that mm -hmm. old high. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was an early entry. I mean, this is a weekly chart, but it's like, but still generally, and we've seen this with another one. This isn't a stair stepper. This is like a giant jump and a giant drop. You know, it's just like, yeah. that's just, I mean, and, and, and when now, and in general, in the sideways market, I think that just makes it really difficult. So you end up buying a little bit on strength and then you sell on weakness. And that's, you, there's just not, how are you not going to get churned out? It's hard not to get knocked out or say, I'm going to let it ride. And then you risk really big losses, especially with earnings season. So, uh, so there's, there's all of that situation. I'm, I actually was thinking of all the earnings, you know, some of the earnings, okay, the big misses we've had, that's just been so treacherous. I mean, they've been enormous, but some, okay, they've been guidance. Okay. You know, your mobilize or your impinge. Mm -hmm. I really, uh, 
you know, or even AMD, which had weak guidance. One thing that really struck me was Arista Networks. Uh, Arista Networks, okay, it's strong earnings. It wasn't a blowout report. I don't want to go too crazy and blah, okay. But then today, then it also had, it raised guidance a little bit for the next quarter. So it didn't even cut guidance. It just didn't raise guidance for the back of the quarter. And it's like, this is the blow. I mean, it's like, this wasn't like a 200 PE stock that suddenly was disappointing. It had already pulled back. Just shows you how this market is so treacherous. And this has basically fallen 18% or so when you combine the two days or something. That's a huge drop. I mean, that happens, but that should just show you, wow, this market is not showing any forgiveness mm -hmm. for anything i mean it's just like uh this is not january when when a lot of stocks would report and they might guide low and the stock still rallied a lot yeah. you know kind of thing this is not that environment and uh you know i was looking at there's a whole bunch of stocks you know last night that were setting up ahead of earnings and we'll see some of them will break out and some of them will break down probably uh and that's a it's a real difficult difficult environment to be in yeah it's it seems like we're just slowly losing more and more right of, of the the ones like an arista network or an algm that were trying to lead us out of this uh, and so really i guess the the bigger question then is who, who's who's left to lead if you're not large cap tech yeah i mean we didn't know obviously there's the building materials and home builders that yeah, are doing well right, but a lot right. of them are already gone now i mean not not all yeah. but a lot of them are gone now which so if you've got them great uh there's Medicals, a lot of them, I and mean, there's medical products, there's drug makers, uh, some large biotechs, those are doing well. Uh, some restaurants, but not all restaurants. I mean, you got, yeah. so like a menu, it's like, there's, is there some <laughs> items you avoid? That's for sure. I mean, it's just like, I like mean, go, go, you know, going to a restaurant where you've got a major food allergy. <laughs> yeah, food allergy. It's like, hey, this one has a C. Hmm, watch out. It's like, this This chef doesn't wash his hands. So which chef are you getting the meal from? I mean, it's... Uh, uh, we had huge numbers, like Wingstop was all over the place today. I think it had solid gain ultimately, but Starbucks was one of the biggest losers on the S&P. So, and I, I don't know exactly what was wrong with it, um, but I thought it had pretty decent numbers, but I really didn't look and see what well, they, the guy they was. Yeah, from what I understand, they, didn't they raise. just for yeah, exactly. They they Real, affirmed it. I guess it's raised. not great given that they beat. You know, they should be, but nonetheless, that yeah. is a huge. And then China drop. too, right? It, it, I think that that was the other thing is China's going to grow at a moderate pace. Oh, okay. Uh, which but is in, in many yeah. ways, Starbucks is a a, a China play, right? So, um, so I did that. That was probably the other thing that just kind of brought a little bit more concern, especially after such a big one right up into new highs. Or, but that shows you yeah, the difficulty of this thing. It's just like, well, which one yeah. do you, I mean, it's like, and, and there's all go, well, no, Wingstop is better. And I get that. I mean, I like, you know, but it's just whoosh. Those are a couple of big differences in your moves, you know. And so, uh, you know, those were both in buy zones. One went up 9%, one went down 9%, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and again, it, it just seems like there's there's a lot. Of, I I know that there's a lot that don't move like this. The ones that move are the ones that stick out. But it seems like there's not as much in between. It's either oh. one or the other. Like you're you're either up big or down big. And uh, again, how do you how do you roll the dice ahead of a earnings report like that? So let, let, let's take a kind of step back though. What is what's the overall catalyst of what is making things so difficult? I mean, for a while there. We were blaming it on the Fed and the tightening cycle. I mean, this has been one of the you know biggest jumps in tightening, uh, you know, five percentage points basically, and um, and in such a short period of time, you know, is is that still what's what's hampering stocks, or is it more 
you know, the inflation story, the recession story of, of what's to come. We've had the yield curve uh, inverted for, it seems like, you know, for, forever now. Um, what what's, what's kind of the thing that's holding the market back so much? So I guess we can figure out what we need to change in order for the market to get back to a market that we like. I mean, yeah, it's it, there's a lot going on, obviously. I mean, earnings... There's a lot of weak earnings are coming. A lot of the stocks that we're looking at, the home builders, uh, even a lot of the chip makers, their earnings aren't looking good this year. I mean, some, you know, and so it's that, but that's the way the market is. The economy is slowing. Inflation's out there. So that's that's an issue with a lot of those names. Uh, you know, the Fed is trying to fight inflation without getting into a recession. So, like, you know, people are saying, oh, the Fed will cut rates later this year. Well, the market is betting on that because they sort of figure the economy will go into recession. That's not good. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just narrow window that trying to get a soft landing when you have to bring inflation down as high as it got. Uh, it's it's just really difficult. It's a it's a blunt tool. And it's one of those things where it doesn't right. really show up into the economy for months later. And like you got the bank crisis that's coming in, right. in part because of those Fed rate hikes. So it's just it's a narrow path. Where are you going to get that modest growth, you know, modest to solid growth, modest inflation? Uh, where growth stocks can outperform a rising economy, uh, you know, and you can see that there's news that news hit, hitting right now uh, up there at the top there uh, on on banks, and it's just it's just hard to know how that's going to go. We know that the banks are going to price curb lending quite a bit, but we don't know how much and when that's going to hit. And so, uh, a lot of things that are you know the market tries to price ahead, but it's really hard to know what the economy is going to be like. Um, you know, uh, in a few weeks from now, let alone, you know, six months from now. Mm-hmm. And as, as you said, I mean, there really is kind of this, um, I mean, they, they were talking for a while about this window of kind of not overdoing it, but not causing the hard landing. And, um, you know, I, what, what do you think the chances of, uh, you know, shooting this torpedo in a t- two meter, two meter hole? <laughs> Yeah, trust, it's, uh, trust, trust, trust your feelings. Uh, trust your feelings. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm feeling a little nervous here. I mean, it's look a mild recession, maybe something we have to go, but it's just such a weird situation because the jobs just won't come down. So it's just it's yeah. like this hot and cold economy where we might have some, you know, manufacturing is weakening. You've got to figure commercial or real estate is just dead. Housing somehow is doing okay or coming back a little bit in the actual housing, not the housing stocks. Uh, consumer spending is still solid. Jobs are great. So it's really weird um, how that's all going to work. Uh, you know, I don't have any insight really. And even if I did, it wouldn't matter because the markets are going to do what it's going to do. It seems like maybe a shallow recession seems likely later this year. You know, that's sort of what even Fed's chief Powell was sort of saying. Yeah, that's what the staff thinks. They still think that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, Maybe once we get into that point, that's when the market will rally after we've entered it. But it's hard. The markets usually don't rally into a recession. Right, uh, maybe yeah. this one's different because this one's unusual. But, you know, usually you rally after you come out of it. Thinking about 19, in 1990 or 2009, we, we started rallying uh, just as the end of the, you know, you know middle or late of the recession, not uh, not at the beginning of it. it. Yeah. Very, very good point. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the lessons from Star Wars and using the force with this market uh, and and all markets, really. Uh, So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Apple. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Direction. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. 
Welcome back to our May 4th episode of Investing with IBD podcast. It's Justin Nielsen here, your host, and Arusha Pierce, who joins me every week. He's a O'Neill portfolio manager uh, over at O'Neill Global Advisors. And of course, our special guest this week is Ed Carson, IBD news editor. And uh, gosh, at this point, I think you deserve the title of Jedi Master because you've been at yeah. Investors Business Daily so long, you know, member of the quarter century club. Um, I'm yeah, already I'm, I hope I'm not a polywan still. Boy, yeah. that would be a bad sign. <laughs> um, but uh, let, let's go ahead and start this discussion with kind of uh, some of the some of the tenets of using the force and see what we can learn about the market. Um, is, is there is there something that you think is the most important? I mean, one of the things we were talking about with just the overall uh, structure of the movies was uh, go into it having a plan. Uh, you know, we certainly say that about. The market having your exit plan having your plan for you know what you're what what you're trying to accomplish and what you're looking for a strategy and all that um arguably the the last trilogy didn't have so much of that plan but uh what's what's your take on that it'd be hard to argue that they have a plan yeah i agree it's like that's something that having a plan is so important you know it's just like as bad as the last jedi was and then when i came on a year ago i was all about talking about how the last Jedi is terrible and it is i want to be clear about that but uh rise of skywalker was even worse and the whole trilogy you know is just there was no clear because they had no idea the last jedi didn't really follow the prior movie and then the rise of jedi they both seem to be apologies for the prior movies and if you're reacting to it, you need to be thinking, well, okay, I, I want to be, my, my plan is, is I'll be buying here and I'll be, if this happens, if this happens, I'll be buying these stocks. I want my, okay, if the conditions are like this, maybe I'll gradually increase my exposure, then I want to sell things. But if you go in there willy-nilly, if you have a bad plan or if you will, or if you go in there with no plan and you start just buying stuff and to see what sticks and don't know why and you buy and sell things at random times, that's not going to work. I mean, you're almost going to be compelled to be controlled by your emotions, which is never a good thing as a Jedi or as an investor. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that is just going to be a road to ruin. You might get lucky, you know, and have things work out for you because you buy something that's hot and it goes up. But, uh, you know, you that will not work out in the long run. And definitely in a market like this, having no plan is, is a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, certainly there's... Uh an element there too. I mean, kind of, kind of what you were saying where it was the apologies, you know, happening for the, the last movie and trying to fix things. And I, I feel like sometimes that can happen with revenge trading where, oh, I really messed up this last trade. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try and really fix it with this next trade and, you know, kind of putting all your, your hopes in and fears into, uh, you know, get, getting back what was taken from you. Uh, does that ever work? I mean, it can work, but it's not a good strategy for long term. I mean, yeah, it's like there's nothing, you know, it's it's OK to like, OK, this didn't work. I'm going to buy it back when it comes in. But you have to establish that trade or you have to say if there's a trade that's out there. But don't you know, you got to keep your check in. It's like I think that if you want to play revenge trade, oh, it's like, well, if you know, maybe, you know, buy an extra share next time or buy something like that. Just control it a little bit. So that's your that's your anger. But you need to need to control it. Uh you know, uh, that that's just if if you let your emotions rule you, you're you're going to get your things go bad. It goes bad in the Star Wars movies and it goes really bad in the stock market. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up a really good point there. I mean, and that's something that we talk about all the time on the podcast or it's just even throughout uh, IBD is that you have to be emotionless. Right. 
you and that's what all these rules are here for to help remove those emotions so ideally you don't get angry and and you don't have those revenge trades uh and you're just kind of just like those jedis in the in the movie they, they're pretty emotionless yeah, they even took uh, uh samuel L. jackson and made him really emo- emotionless in in those movies and but that's really how investing should be boring and that's how you really need to approach it because there's going to be plenty of ups and downs to experience and you're not going to survive if you don't manage your emotions yeah that's right. always yeah that's that's just a that's just a basic tenet and like and you know you don't have to make all the money now it's like you know there's this like yeah. talked about you know this is my last chance to make money this is our last hope it's like no there's always a new hope there's always another market rally if this rally isn't working for you you know, just take it easy, back out entirely, or just keep a real minimal thing. And then, you know, uh, you know, maybe get your mindset back better and get into a better market that there's, you don't have to be fully invested now. You know, you can be, you know, that there, there, there's a time and place. It's like, uh, when, uh, they're on the, on the first Death Star and Obi-Wan, you know, it's like, you can't win, but there will be other opportunities or something. There'll be other chances. And it's like, you know, and so it's like, and that's, and he's like, he's the Jedi, he's the Jedi master saying that it's a little bit when David Ryan or Mark Minervini or Bill O'Neill would be saying, hey, you don't need to be that aggressive right now. And these are people right, who have enormous right. skill, enormous track records, you know, un, they would deservedly have enormous egos, you know, but it's like they keep those emotions in check and they realize there's a time to play and there's a time to say, ah, let's set, step to the side. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, another thing that is in common with, uh, some of those uh, stock master, stock Jedi masters is, is the humbleness, you know, kind of recognizing uh, that, you know, as humans, we're fallible, and uh, there's a lot of things that we can do wrong, and that we don't have the answers. And so again, it kind of falls back to the rules to uh, save yourself from yourself sometimes. Yeah, it's, uh, the rules are there to protect you, the rules aren't there to make it so you always win. It's just like, well, why did I have to put on my seatbelt? That's not fair. Why did I, you know, so it's like, it's just like, they're there for reasons, you know, it's like, why do they have, you know, why do they have rails on the stairs? Why can't I just go up and down all these stairs? And, you know, it's like, I can go up and down these stairs without problems. I mean, there's just, you know, again, it's just like you're thinking the rules are there to protect you. The rules are there when things go wrong. It's not uh, you can't just think that everything is always going to go right. If you if you go in a mindset that everything's going to be perfect, I'm always going to make the right spot decision. I mean, that's just crazy. No, nobody can make the right spot decision. And that, you know, yeah, so it's just it, rules are really crucial. Mm-hmm. Well, and then also just having those rules especially during a time like now. Now, may, who knows? May, maybe the market goes down. May, maybe we, we sell off a little bit to the 200. Uh, but or maybe you're going to a correction, but and things look bad again. But when you get that fall through, you have to look for something to buy, no matter how frustrated you are, uh, how how many how many times you want to give up and say, oh, you know what, this 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 fall through day, uh, this new attempted rally is not going to work, right? You can't assume that. You got to just kind of try again, get, pick yourself up, try again, play small. Because eventually, one of these times, it's going to slowly start to work. And that's when the market just will slowly pull you in. And that's one reason to be light now so you don't get emotionally battered, so you don't preserve your emotional and financial capital. So when things do turn around, you're ready to go. You're fresh again. Uh, 
you know, something to say, like, if the market does turn south, you've got to you've got to have an exit strategy. I'm talking about taking the plan, the exit strategy. I think one thing in an empire is that when they realize the empire probably knows we're here, you know, like when they're on Hoth, and there's like the immediate thing the rebel commander said. There was this probe, and it probably got a message out. Probably got the message. We don't know, but, you know, it's not looking great. We better start the evacuation. It's not like, hey, why don't we stay here and just wait? And then, okay, they get going on that, and they do put up a fight, but then clearly they're losing. That's it. You know, they clear out. Because yeah. if the rebels had just said, you know what, let's just stay on this ice planet and see how we do. It's like, well, that would have been the end of the series. That would have <laughs> I mean, that and was what that, And they had that big plasma cannon too, right? Yeah. So they knew that those, uh, those ships were there. So they had the plasma cannon to allow the escape ships to get away. And they, you know, they fought a little bit, but they also knew when to run away. Yeah. And so that's just some part. There's nothing wrong with stepping back. And it's like not running away in panic, but trying to step away. And if you could do so in steps, like I'm going to sell, you know, that's that's just a good way to, you know, to do it. So try to do it without emotion to it. Again, that's hard. It's hard. But you don't want to get to a situation where you're forced to sell or you're panicking. And so you want to try to do it in a, in a gradual, gradual situation there. Again, it's no fun to sell losers. It's no fun to to sell a stock that's given up most of its gains. But have to follow those rules. And if that's what's happening, either you're out of sync with the market or the market just isn't really good. And it's not too hard to be both of those things right now. Yeah, right. Uh, but I think that also kind of speaks to the whole idea of um, of attachment. You know, I mean, there, there's some people that get so attached to a certain stock or to their own opinion. And one of the things that I admired most about Bill O'Neill was that he he could change, you know, uh, so, you know, he had so much flexibility where he could really be so excited about a stock, but he really didn't have an emotional attachment to it. If the chart started looking funny to him and it started looking bad, um, you know, he, he was out. And I, I could see him be like, I, I remember one of the last ones that I saw him so heavy on was, was Corning in 2000. And he was so heavy on that. But then when it started not working, Within like four days, uh, he was out. And so again, just as they say, like the Jedi should not have attachments, um, you know, to kind of keep their emotions in, in check. I feel like sometimes you have to make sure that you're not getting attached to your own theories and you're not ignoring the data that's right out there in front of you um, that is saying, hey, something something else is happening. And that happens on the flip side too. I I can't tell you what I would have done if I didn't have charts to rely on after right. the COVID crash because yeah. There's no way that that felt like, oh, you know what? I mean, at the time, yes, you can see all the reasons with the, um, you know, the influx of what the Fed was doing and stimulus and everything like that. And it makes sense that we rallied so much. But at the time, I didn't feel like investing. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, it exactly. was really the chart, you know, the chart that kind of helped guide me in that way um, rather than, you know, kind of letting my feelings deceive me. Yeah, yeah, and that, go back actually quickly to the the corning. Sorry, Ed. Uh, just for, one one thing. I'm sure Bill might, might even mention to you when all of a sudden the stock didn't. You know, he saw it on the chart, but it didn't feel right. You know, mm-hmm. you sometimes hear people who've been doing this for a long time. It it just there. It's like it it kind of looks okay still, but it's, something's off, right? It's not acting like it's being accumulated. It's not acting as it should. It's not feeling right, and that can give you even a little bit more of a heads up that maybe I shouldn't push it here. I'll give it a little bit of a chance. I'll have a little bit of a, a position, but I'm not going to be a, as aggressive as I normally would. Mm-hmm. 
And then um, maybe we could also talk about kind of the the, the cockiness too. I mean, uh, there's the the famous part where Han Solo, you know, tells Luke Skywalker after he's like, you know, I I got one. Uh, hey, don't get cocky, kid. You know, uh, is is there is there an element of that where you have to again have that kind of humbleness and um, you know, even if you if you get get a leader, you know, how how do you keep yourself from kind of getting too full of yourself uh, and uh, losing losing your losing your strategy because you, you had one winner. I mean, look, that's, that's always an issue because it is, it's like, uh, uh, you know, Chris Gessel, our chief content officer, you know, used to say like, oh, that stock reflects my worth as a person. You know, he's just joking around, but it's just like, it's hard not to feel, oh, I'm so smart. I'm so great. Look at me, you know, I'm a genius. Uh, but, you know, and I know that like, if, you know, a lot of new investors, especially if you kind of like, if you're a new investor in 2020, it's just like, woohoo, this is easy. I'm the greatest. It's like, so, uh, you absolutely have to take that and, you know, take that in check as well. I mean, the reason why is that, you know, you know, having, a, you know, being, being so full of yourself is not why you're successful. It's because if you're looking at these starts and you're buying these, buying the right stocks at the right time, and then, you know, trying to manage it properly, and all this is sort of dispassionately as much as possible, that's how you make gains in the stock market, not, uh, not being cocky. And there's one reason why, in general, all these studies say that men are not as good at investors as women because right. men get their egos much more attached. Whereas, like women, is like, well, I want to make some money. I mean, it's like they want to make some money. They have, they may have, just, you know, various goals, but it's not, it's not the same necessarily of ego. Just uh, where men, it's just like, oh, I, I have to prove the market wrong. It's like the market doesn't care about you. The market will squash you, and it's not even noticing. You know, <laughs> and it's just like doesn't, you know. So you just have to, just have to recognize that. Uh, you're trying to to score wins here, you know, and and in you know in these temporary battles, writing trends. But you you are not the master of your fate in that regard, where you cannot impose your will on everything, and you have to just realize how small you are, uh, no matter how successful you are in the moment. So, Ed, just can as small amount of rebels turn this around? We have just a handful of stocks right now that haven't slipped through the fingers. The and it's kind of the oldie and goodies, the large cap tech. Could they hang around long enough to turn this market around? Yeah, I think I think I was seeing something, and maybe Ed, you shared this that it was like seven or eight stocks that was responsible for like eighty percent of the uh, the performance this year, or something like that. <laughs> it's certainly been enormous, and then especially yeah. yeah so like they have the S and P five hundred's gain, and like as uh, you know, no, by themselves they need more friends. They need more to come in. Uh, you know, I think there's been an attitude. It's like if you're if you're feeling happy, it's great if you have those stocks. But you have to remember those stocks, and there's some other names, some biotechs, so those names that have done really well. But uh, you know, at the end of Last Jedi, 99% of the rebellion's dead, and they're all the entire rebellion can pack into the Millennium Falcon, and they're all singing shiny apple happy people. Basically, it's like no, that's not that. You you know, you need market breadth here. I mean, that's just not going to work. So, uh, you know, you need to, to see more breadth. I mean, that's one of the things, this is deceiving. It looks like it's, we're not that far from highs and maybe we won't be, but the, you know, again, the advanced decline line is terrible. The, the equal weight ETFs just are not showing that strength. And it just, it just suggestive of, you know, uh, I know we all like to think of it, that one hero, like in the matrix or somebody who can tear down everything. It's like, guess what? That's not really what happens, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so that's 
when that improves, and it wouldn't take much. Again, you know, I've got a couple of good days, and the indexes and these equal weights are going to power through some key resistance. There's a lot of stocks out there near buy points, but again, it really wouldn't take much for us to break down, and there would be left of nothing. I mean, what happens if Nvidia and Apple and Microsoft start selling off? And you know, and it's like, what are we going to rely on a handful of home builders that are extended to to lead the market? It's just like I don't think so. I mean, it's just uh, uh, so uh, that's that's sort of dangerous, and it also just makes it hard to hard. You know, I think it gives people a false sense of security. Oh, everything's fine out there. I mean, I you know it's not that hard to make money. It's like, well, if most stocks are falling, it is hard to make money. Mm -hmm. I mean, and if most stocks go up for a couple of days and then reverse lower, it's really hard to make money. So uh, that's the kind of environment it, it has been over the last few weeks, even though we might just be a few days away from something getting better. Mm -hmm. And and I think one of the problems is that you just, um, you know, some people would say, well, if, if only seven stocks are working, why not just own those seven stocks and that's it? And I mean, yeah, that's that's easy to say, but kind of harder to do sometimes, uh, especially, you know, as we've noted, there's been so many stocks that have looked fine. They've looked good. Uh, they're making progress. And then the rug gets kind of ripped out from under them. And it's, um, you know, when they come down, they come down so fast. So. Uh, that 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 does make it a lot harder. So to kind of just wrap up uh, this this segment in a little bow, uh, what what do you think? Uh, what do you think is kind of the biggest uh, the biggest takeaway here of um, how we can be more Jedi like? Uh, you know, I, I I think this is definitely this is there's a there's a time to just sort of you know part of the emotions and realizing that you know if you can control your emotions and part of it is fashion is to look at the mar is is that by doing so you would look at the market and realize it's not a great environment to be aggressive. So right there, that's gonna help you. And then just trying to have rules that you follow as, as, as calmly as possible and keep on training, you know, guess what? Uh, mm -hmm. I know that it's nice to have instant satisfaction. I mean, like, oh, I'm the greatest, I'm a hero, but it's like, no, it's like you're supposed to train for a long time. Becoming a Jedi is not just uh, picking up a lightsaber and waving it around. Uh, becoming an investor is, is you know something that you have to take time and constantly try to work at and improve and stay humble. So uh, I think I think staying humble, trying to stay stay calm, recognizing that you know recognizing who you are, recognizing the market you're in. Uh, these are all the kind of things that uh, Jedi investing can do to help you uh, you know succeed. Yeah, and and for as as good as Bill was uh, again, and I I got to watch him for you know 15 years as he was trading. Um, even even at the end before he retired, he was still working on things and trying to get better. And okay, what other data can I use? Let's let's do a study on this. Is there some way that we can improve things? And he was constantly doing that post analysis. Okay, this you know this is 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 what I did. What could I have done to get better? Uh, even if it was a successful trade, could I have done it better? So, well, thanks for that, Ed. And uh, when we come back, we're going to look at some of the stocks that Ed has on his radar right now and what they can mean for the market. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Trading Tesla. Sometimes you get the bear. Sometimes it gets you. Single stock daily leverage and inverse ETFs from Directions. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's objectives, risk, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus at Direction.com. Read carefully. Welcome back to the Investing with IBD podcast. It's another one of our May 4th 
episode, so a special little Star Wars tribute uh, on May the 4th. Be with you. Uh, let's go ahead and get into some stocks here, Ed. Uh, Ed, is, Ed Carson is our special guest here. He's the IBD news editor. And of course, we always have Arusha Paris with us, uh, who joins us from O'Neill Global Advisors. He's a portfolio manager over there. But um, ACLS was a stock that you were talking about. And again, the the chip equipment is you know so important. And I mean, we've had the chips looking strong, um, whether it was the fabless, the the equipment, the manufacturers, they all were, you know, coming up, their industry groups were coming up the ranks. Um, but then, you know, we started seeing a little bit more cracks in a few of them. Um, what's your take on ACLS now, Excellus? Yeah, I mean, it's understandable that it's taking a break. You know, it's no fun, but it's like you have to recognize that it, it's trying to bounce back. It had run up like 175% from its lows like late last year to the March high. So that, that's a huge run. And there was, you know, you know, certainly you could have almost doubled your money or gotten like a 75% gain from, the, from earlier this year. Uh, but it's come down with a lot of names. I mean, that's the thing. Aside from NVIDIA, most of the chip leaders that were really moving things, they started breaking down. Uh, this one's putting up a fight, okay? So we'll see how it goes here. It's below the 50-day line. At the end of this week, it could have a new base. Arguably, if it got above the 50-day line and decisively, it could be like an early entry. So it doesn't have a base yet, but it could. Uh, so it, it's reporting earnings Wednesday night. It, it, it beat Fuse, and, but its guidance was mixed. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so it's, it's uh, you know, so we'll see how that goes, uh, you know, during Thursday and beyond. But I think this is important, not necessarily just this one, but there's a bunch of them. But this is one of the ones that's in best shape that can it find support? Can the chip sector bounce back? Uh, and, you know, this is just one I'm watching for, for, for uh, to see that because if chips can't really lead, it's really tough for, for tech stocks to lead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, uh, for ACLS, I mean, I think this is a really good example of, uh, remember when the, the the market really struggling? This is this might have been the first breakout to to really emerge, and uh, I mean it had that really strong uh, sharp right hand side of the cup held tight and was was off and running uh, really on that week when we had the the falter day on January sixth, and then just and just took off theirs and shockingly like unlike a lot of the other ones, other semiconductors that that you mentioned that this one is kind of hanging in there, right? Um, which uh, which I think is kind of impressive. Yeah, so we'll just have to see how it goes. If again, like, you know, it's, yeah, I think you want to watch for it and wait for it because a lot of stocks might come up. I mean, this might come up to resistance and then head lower. Obviously, it depends on the market, but uh, I want to see if this one can hold up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, looking at SMH just as kind of an overall picture of, of the chips, uh, of course, uh, SMH is the Banex Semiconductor ETF. Um, you know, this, this one has been kind of drifting lower um, and, you know, it, it kind of shows a little bit of this fractured nature. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of chips out there, of course, you know, and some are winners, some are losers. But I guess at what point do you, um, how many chips do you need to be strong? and to be holding up because again it seemed like there were a lot more of them and then we started seeing those big breakdowns you know i mean impinge was holding up you know it, it, it was above its 50-day moving average line until it wasn't and when it wasn't it did so spectacularly um oh. so i guess is there is there kind of a percentage of oh i need this many working or this this number working you know not just nvidia but 10 working or or whatever to kind of give you a sense that things are going to be okay 
you know, I haven't really thought about it. I mean, you want a good number, and I think you'd also not just have a good number, but have some heft behind it, maybe not just NVIDIA, but at least some other names at least doing well, because it's hard to, okay, some of the chip equipment names have come up, not, I mean, I mean, some of the major ones, they've come up, but they aren't really doing a whole lot either. I mean, some of them are, are coming up, so you can't really buy them, uh, and that's okay if they're not the leaders' leaders, but you'd still like them to do okay, and so, yeah, it just felt a little bit, even at the top, it felt a little bit like it's NVIDIA and like seven or eight chip makers that are really hot. But even then, it didn't really feel that broad based uh, all in all. So uh, even at the peak, it was a little bit suspect. Mm -hmm. And then there was also this component, too, that I think is worth mentioning, that it, it seemed like for a while there that the chip, um, the chip was almost a subsidiary of the EV play. You know, yes. that the chips anyway, that were working anyway. were EV specific. And, and, and yes. so it was almost like, is, is this a chip play or is this an EV play? So do you think that's changed now? Yeah, well, I do think so. And partly because EVs aren't looking so good. I mean, Tesla's right. come off and nobody else is doing well. And I think there's just generally sounding that maybe EVs are not doing as well as people had hoped, whatever. I mean, but that play is not working right now. So uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. It was you know, a lot of those names that were working were were EV related and like, you know, AEHR or, you know, there is one on semiconductor that one might bounce back, but it always seems like that's one that whenever it's a time to buy it, that's when it's a time to sell it, actually, yes. uh, you know, <laughs> or, you know, because that one has that move where it peaks out. Look at that time. It's peaked out three times and each yeah. time it's come down hard. How are you? I mean, if you get an early entry, maybe you're OK, you escape. Okay, but if you actually tried to buy something close to the highs, you know, there was a chance for like a 5% gain and then followed by a 30% drop, you know, three times. And that's, yeah. Uh, and it, it has risen over that time. That's, I mean, you're really betting against the odds that that's when you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is really the character of, of a stock here, but on some of it, I think this, I think this stock is shaking me out. Of, two or three times to the point where I've given up on it. You know, I don't even want to try it, which probably will mean that it will work uh, really well the next time it breaks out. Now that you've given but, up. <laughs> it's, yes, right around, exactly. it's right around an entry point right now, in my I view. Know, I mean, it's, I it's, that's the thing. Yeah. It's like, but it's also risen so much in the last few days. It's like, really, do you want to buy it after like a 20% right. run? You know, I mean, yeah. that just. Yeah, well, then also Oh, go ahead, Arisha. Oh, but no, I, I just very quickly, the deceleration too of earnings yeah. and sales now, as opposed to before when I had all this time to work, it had incredible uh, fundamentals at that point. Yeah. Excellent. But I do feel like there's a lot of those charts, you know, again, looking at that weekly chart of on semiconductor, I feel like this is a, a recurring pattern that we're seeing in a lot of stocks where they, they have the same look where they, as soon as they get up to those highs and it looks like it's ready to break out, that's when they, they fall apart. And uh, again, you, you can look at it like, okay, over the year, it's made progress. And you're like, oh, if I had just held on, but how do you hold on through 25% corrections when you have no cushion? Uh, and yeah, so it's, it's just, it's if, if you just looked at the price at one point and what the price was at a different point, it would seem like, oh, sure, that's easy. But it's it's all the in-between that's happening that is, is making a lot of these stocks so much more difficult. Um, uh, speaking of kind of a a difficult play, uh, FND, uh, floor and decor, you know, this is one of those things where I think a lot of people were thinking that, okay, the, the whole home improvement thing is over, you know, uh, you know, pe people did that during COVID and, and now, 
now they don't care anymore. Uh, home home buying has got to slow down because rate you know the, the rates have increased so much, um, and a lot of these stocks were kind of given up for dead. But uh, it seems like home, con, you know, the home builders and home related uh, has has really kind of been one of the areas of strength. Not necessarily soaring all that much, but holding up well. And you see a lot of the relative strength line new highs and blue dots in this area. So floor and decor is in the retail space. Um, what What is it that you find attractive about this one? Well, I, attractive and uh, um, it's obviously right around a buy point. It's, so it's acting well and all those things you said. Look, the fundamentals aren't gonna be great. If this thing starts struggling, will it be easy to say reasons why? Because the fundamentals have looked great, but we're supposed to see a drop this year. But so have the home builders. I mean, the home builders, <laughs> home builders are supposed to have laws in everything. You just have to recognize that it's not great. Uh, so, but floor and decor, I, this is definitely a situation. Also, you don't want to be buying at a head of earnings unless you're doing an options play. I mean, like if you bought today, it's reverse lower, and you have no idea is it going to fall 10% tomorrow night? I, you know, on Thursday night, I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe it goes up 15%. Uh, you know, or maybe it goes up 10% and then releases the gain. Uh, you know, for, so it, that's, I think you need to wait for that. But I, I'm like to look, a lot of the home builders are extended. This is one that might do well. This would be a sign of housing. It'd be a sign of consumer spending. Are they willing to spend on big ticket items? Uh, this is one, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how this one does. I like, I like how it's traded pretty tightly, but it's like there's plenty of stocks that traded tightly and then crashed. So I think, I, I like this one, but I also want to be waiting for the actual report and, and seeing if it provides an opportunity. And it may not, you know, uh, so I, I recognize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been slowly tightening up. The 100, uh, the 100 price point is is really key resistance there. So if it can power through on heavy volume after earnings, maybe it has a chance. I mean, there, there have been a number of names within these groups. I mean, uh, today, uh, BLDR, right? Builders First Source, yeah. they reported earnings and it broke out powerfully out of an ascending base. And that has been shown tremendous relative strength. So, uh, so, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what a floor in the core says. But it's pretty impressive that it's been at least been able to hold up pretty well over the, the last number of months here when the market's been so volatile. Uh, you know, so there there's a lot of, Kind of the the demographic questions of you know there's there's this whole generation that's clamoring to get in to into houses but they or at least just... their parents clamoring for them to get into the house. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> for them to get out of their houses you know i don't care where you go just don't stay here um you know so you know certainly that's that's making a case for why new construction is needed um but what is what is kind of the story you think for for something like a uh, I mean I, I would think this would be more for the existing homes right when you're when you're wanting to change the floors in an existing home because it needs updates and things like that um, does this go hand in hand with new construction or um, am I am I reading too much into that is that you know it's like it's it's playing it's like the it's probably more with existing homes i mean i don't know to what extent floor and decor works with with construction firms i but i feel like floor and decor is more of a home improvement type situation and some right. of those home improvement chains have not done as well so there there is that aspect we've seen that people are willing to spend money on little luxuries like elf beauty and other things i mean not that elf beauty is elf beauty is bargain so it's not even really a luxury but yeah. you know spending on things that are okay relatively modest but uh, not necessarily for the huge big ticket items, those aren't thriving as well. So 
floor and decor is obviously more in that big ticket area. So is that another sign? Is the home improvement starting to wind down or not? So, mm-hmm. you know, this this will this will be an important report. Yeah. Um, another area, speaking of kind of the luxury thing, is uh, is travel back. Uh, we keep on talking about how. Uh, whether it's the airlines or Airbnb, the the hotels like Marriott and Hyatt, um, they've had a number of cases in which they've looked like they were setting up and then, you know, kind of like that on semiconductor, they just don't go anywhere. Um, but let's take a look at Booking. This is uh, Booking.com, formerly, formerly known as Priceline. Um, you know, BKNG is the ticker symbol here. What what do you think about Booking here and the 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 aspect of travel is it is it truly back it it seems to be back we keep on saying that it's like uh and booking seems to be the clear leader i mean i know that there's a lot of people just wanted to look at airbnb all day long but that really isn't doing that's actually pretty much a laggard in the whole thing mm-hmm. airlines are seem to be a mess and have big moves hotels are just setting up reasonably well but those have big ups and downs but booking has been pretty steady i mean it has it's been hard to get into. I mean, it's like they had this sort of herky-jerky stuff going on, but on a weekly basis, it's trended higher. That RS line is at multi-year highs. Uh, mm-hmm. The growth is pretty strong. I mean, when you talk about, you know, the hottest sectors are sectors where the earnings are going down. This one is not and had pretty good earnings the prior year. So it's not earnings over easy stuff. So I think this is, you know, if, if travel is back, this is one that should be, you know, you want to be looking for the leader. Uh, looking one with a little bit of consistency. Uh, I wish I wish earnings had come a little earlier, like you could buy it off the 50-day line because it it sort of has sort of an ascending base feel or this sort of ups and down, up and down, uh, which is because every time the market keeps on trying to go up, but it keeps on riding the 21-day, riding the 50-day line. And uh, but so that's what I'm looking for this one. If, if travel's going to do well, this one should do well because it's been the leader. It has some strong growth in there. But you know, it's it's this has definitely been a challenging sector because every time you think it's going to go off, plans have to be canceled. Yeah, it's so for I mean, it's in many ways I, I think it's kind of consistent with the the rest of the market where in this narrow rally, the money's going towards kind of the familiar names, the larger cap tech names. So it's like okay, if we want some exposure to travel and leisure, yeah, let's just go towards the oldie but goodie booking holdings right um and that it's just slowly slowly crawling up here and and that relative strength line hitting new highs is uh pretty impressive here so let's see what they say on earnings tomorrow which always makes it fun (laughs) yeah so um and and what about i mean you know this is something that we haven't talked about but since since arusha has it open uh on the right hand panel um you know there there is some ownership here uh, Janice Henderson in there, Franklin Growth Fund, um, you know, some some members of the IBD Mutual Fund Index. Um, is is that something that, you know, we, we we've we've often harped on how how important the institutional side of things is. Uh, we haven't really talked about that this time around. But uh, what's what's your sense when we're talking about these big mega caps um, leading and and certainly it's it's hard to say like with a Microsoft, which you know. So many institutions have to own just because they can't lag the indexes. They have to be almost closet indexers sometimes. Um, what, what's your take on this kind of institutional side of things? Well, I mean, I think you know having these quality institutional leadership is so important. You know, especially with 
growth stocks you want to get is it real here now and they you know that doesn't mean that they're going to keep going up i mean <laughs> plenty of stocks are like that's not a guarantee but it shows that they've probably done some homework and so and that they feel comfortable making a long-term bet but when you refer to the Microsoft side of things, yeah, it, it does feel like there's a piling on into the narrow leadership. That makes it extra risky because it sort of feels like, you know, everybody's looking at a, a handful of stocks that that will run out of steam at some point. You know, you just can't go. I mean, uh, not to talk about rebels, but it's sort of like when you get a little trickle of water, when somebody turns on the spigot and runs down a hill and starts collecting more dust and it just starts slowing down. It can't quite <laughs> go any further, if you know what I mean. It just sort of like... It's going to lose momentum, and I just uh, I so I. Well, and when everybody you know, has it, who's left to who's, who's left, left to buy it? It's just like how many and how much can some of these slower growth giant mega caps go up? No, probably you know booking is not like that. So I, I think mm -hmm. that, and we're, and I'm not saying because it's actually got an AD, C plus A D rating. It doesn't necessarily have the most amazing accumulation, but uh, certainly with those mega caps, their growth rates for the most part are not tremendous, uh, and uh, I you know there's various reasons you know. You know, so that's that just raises levels. You know, how much can those valuations go up when everything else is sinking? Uh, again, that's propping up the market, uh, and so you can ride those trends. And some of them, like Meta, are, are have strong growth, um, and Nvidia should have strong growth in 2024. But uh, you know, that's just something to, in, in general, you just have to watch out for some of these names. Yeah, Nvidia is not going to be doing much this year, um, in in fiscal 2024. Um, but uh, it is nice to see a stock like Booking actually have, have earnings this year. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there'll be presented a buying opportunity. That's the one thing. If it pops out, how far about it doesn't really have a base. It doesn't really right. have a 10-week line. That makes sense. Look, so here's a nice stock that looks right. It's the leader in a sector. But where do you buy it? You know, even this one really hasn't provi provided many good opportunities. Wh where were you entering that name? I mean, mm. okay, maybe off the 50-day line, but that would have even that would have been tough up and down. So... Uh, and and now earnings are coming up. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the conclusion here. It's 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 <laughs> tough out there, right? <laughs> it's it's not easy. Uh, you know, the, the stocks that are giving you the, the the setups aren't going anywhere. The stocks that are going places aren't giving you setups, and uh, it's just a yeah, it's just a tough tough environment right now. But we appreciate your thoughts and uh, helping us all get through it, and uh, also sharing sharing your Star Wars knowledge and. Uh, uh, hatred at sometimes, but again, you know, just, you know don't, sometimes. don't 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 let the anger feed on you, Ed. That's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. But we appreciate you being here, Ed. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And next week, we're going to have Kenny Polcari back on the show. Uh, Kenny Polcari, of course, was one of our floor traders for O'Neill, and uh, I mean, just a great host of knowledge that this guy has um and and the passion is something that you just can't beat so we're going to be excited to have kenny polkari back on the show next week thanks for watching we'll see you next time make sure to subscribe rate and review our podcast if you haven't already we'd really appreciate it you can also send us your questions and comments to investing podcast at investors.com we would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.